Hello and welcome to the Amazon Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Isabella Ruiz. Today, we're going to explore the exciting world of becoming a financially free six-figure Amazon seller, owning multiple successful online e-commerce events and staying in business for the long haul. Whether you're new to the entrepreneurship or a seasonal business owner, this episode offers valuable insights to on achieving financial freedom through Amazon selling and beyond. Get ready to learn from successful business minds as we dive into the strategies and growth. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Isabella Ritz and Amazon Made Simple podcast. Sometimes life is going and flying, time flies, and we don't see what is going on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a year ago, actually, I think almost, yeah, almost two years ago, I was reaching out uh, one of the top leaders in our industry, and I was asking, May I speak at your podcast? Could we talk? And this person replied me by saying, well, I'm going to prosper. If you'll run run to me, like, uh, we'll talk. And I was feeling so bad by like, well, I'm not there. I'm not at the level. uh, So it's okay. But I was having my booth prosper in 2021 and didn't have time to reach out. Later the same, later in 2022, I believe, yeah, later 2022, my son was hanging out with me at one of the networking events in Tampa. And I saw how my son was talking uh, to the person I tried to reach out and talk to and be on his podcast. And his name is Kevin Sanderson. So thank you, my son, who introduced me to Kevin Sanderson. And I was able to uh, build a connection and uh, find out more uh, of the background, uh, fell in love with the story of this person because it's a very, very good example for a lot of us. And Kevin, welcome to the podcast. I am very happy to have you here today. I am going to have to splice out that uh, <laughs> that introduction and use it anytime I feel bad. So uh, that was probably the best introduction ever. So thank you. Uh, well, yeah, thank you too. And um, it also how we met and how we connected. It's a great, uh, I think it's a, it, it's a great story to tell because when you're trying to be somewhere and you're trying to reach out people and then you're getting shy like I was to reach out the second time and then something happens like universe uh, helped uh, and you never, you never know. But at the end of the day, if you want something, you'll get something. And you're a great example uh, that we're going to share. I, I hope you're open to share your story today with the audience. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, I was learning a little bit of your background and I was okay. running some uh, research. Okay. And I found how you've been uh, involved in some entertainment entertainment industry before you jumped into Amazon. Oh, the the once upon a time I worked at a magical place in Orlando. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, that's that's correct. So yeah, yeah could you uh, walk us through how you ended up in uh, e-commerce? Because prior to e-commerce, it was nothing even close to e-commerce. No, no. In fact, uh, just to, to clarify what we're kind of alluding to here, um, when I was in college, I did two internships at Walt Disney World um, and ended up working there for about eight years after college. I really thought like I was going to climb the corporate ladder as a proud Gen Xer who graduated from high school in the mid-90s, probably starting to date myself there. Um, I thought I was going to do what I was taught like my whole life. And I think what everyone kind of knew around my age and older was that you you you, you go to college, you get good grades, you go work for a big company, you get a watch at the end of the year or at the end of your career. Uh, Disney, they gave us like pins and other stuff like that at Christmas time. Um, and, you know, everything was going to be great. And then I started to kind of realize it was hard to like put a finger on it, but I was starting to see the writing on the wall was that the corporate promise that I was seeing in front of me was not the same corporate promise that I think it was, you know, from the 1950s through the 1990s, that from like 2000 on things started to feel a little different. And so I just started realizing like I wanted to do something. And um, my first 
failed attempt into e-commerce was in 2004, I bought a couple of Nike Forwoods golf clubs um, on eBay. And bear in mind, there wasn't, YouTube might've been around at the time, but it was like, you know, yeah. Saturday Night Live videos and cat videos. It was about all there was um, on YouTube. And so it wasn't like, you know, this like great, you know, information on there. And there was forums, but it wasn't really great stuff. But I thought if I went on um, eBay and bought these Nike Forwoods golf clubs for $40 each, I could resell them for about 400 based on the fact that I went to Nike.com and it said the manufacturer's suggested retail price was $400. Forgetting the fact that it is a suggestion. And really sure. what it is, the market will bear. And after I paid my money, $80 for two forwards, they, I quickly realized that everyone else was paying around $40. So I wasn't like getting like this special deal. And so rather than selling them at a loss and learning from it, I still have one in the packaging in my garage and the other one's collecting dust in my golf bag because I really never played it's golf. It's a great memory. You should frame it. Yeah, I should. I should. I have it. And I've, I've shown it before in like trainings and stuff of like, you know, this is what I had because I didn't get back into e-commerce until about 2015. Um, and, you know, I think back then everyone was talking about like, oh, is it too late? Is it too late? And the reality was in 2004, people were talking about, is it too late? Is it too is it late? Too late? Right. We're in 2023. Is it too late? Is it too late? And the reality is, um, there's going to be people who are going to have very successful businesses that we're going to be amazed by who start next year. You know what I mean? Correct. So the best, the best time is now. That's right. You know, about the Nike for 40 bucks, uh, you're the second person I hear uh, the same experience about. My friend, he, like, I, I was not in the United States in 2004. So I don't know what was happening. I don't know what been the trends. I was in a different place so my friend here he bought uh back to also like maybe 2007 the nike shoes that he thought that it's like 40 bucks and he can make uh to how much uh 200 uh, 300 bucks on top he bought uh at value of five thousand dollars being in college as well and he said, wow. I spent this $5,000 with my friend. We bought this amount of Nikes and like, I think some other sneakers as well. And they ended up just by having those sneakers in their houses. So they couldn't sell at all because the only way they could sell it is just the same 40 bucks. So wow. yes, you're not alone in this story. So well, but, I, I feel a little better now because I only bought two of them. <laughs> yeah, they bought like how many, like hundred something pairs. So tell me now what happened after you got disappointed, like this e-commerce is too late, especially oh, gotcha. you yeah, didn't sell like these sneakers. Yeah. So I, I did nothing with it. I did nothing with it until, uh, you know, I would have these ideas of like, oh, I should try doing whatever. I should try vending machines or I should get a laundromat or I should do whatever. Like I was kind of had this entrepreneurial bug, but then I was like, I'd, I'd be really excited about something and I'd wake up the next morning and be like, ah, it's not going to work. Okay. Or it's, you know, but like it was just head trash. And so I was saying to myself, okay, what, what can I do? And I just never really started diving into it until I, I, I my father passed away in 2010 and um one of the last things he said was that he wished he had had more of a career and i think he was looking at me because he was he had a master's degree in art he's does very he did very nice paintings but he didn't really pursue that as a career and so and like i think that was more of his passion and so i think he wished he had done things differently it was really what i got out of it and so it made me question, am I going to be in that situation where at the end I'm questioning, well, I wish I had done things differently. And so knowing that I was starting to feel like the corporate world was going a different direction than I wanted to go, and I wasn't necessarily happy climbing that ladder um, and you know, had great experiences, worked with a lot of great people, learned a lot of really awesome things in corporate America. So I don't want to just say it's all bad. But I was just realizing it wasn't for me. And then 
my wife got let go of her job. She worked for a publishing company um, who most of the brand name magazines, at least at the time, I don't even know if they're all around, but like she was in a division. They just asked one day. So her and everyone that was in the division was just gone one day. I think other than like two people. And so that had me thinking like, okay, now I'm the sole breadwinner. I've got to start thinking of other things, but am I really, is this what I want to keep doing? And so I started listening to entrepreneurial podcasts. I found who many of us have probably found over the years, Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. I don't know if you're familiar with this podcast, but he um, he's still around, still a big name. I think a lot of people that kind of, let's say this was 2011-ish, really uh, got into him. He was kind of like one of the OGs of like, hey, you can do online business and do it in a way that's ethical and you know valuable for people. Okay. And so, so fast forward to 2013, um, I was working at a large hotel in Orlando and we had got bought out by Gaylord, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Gaylord a Gaylord. Gaylord. One of my favorite when we're going during the uh, Christmas time. I love it. Uh, and I can only imagine how it was impressive when it's been built. It, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Uh, phenomenal people. We got bought out by another large company and that large company it's the largest company in hotels people can probably figure out who it is. Um, but my level didn't exist in the organization. So I was working in the convention center overseeing a team of event managers and, um, my level didn't exist in the structure at the new company. And so they decided to, uh, they were making not instantly, but over time they were making cuts and my position was cut. And I think that, to be 100% fair to the people involved, it was a, just a business decision they had to make. And they basically presented me with like, you can apply for another position in the company. There's yeah. some that we would support you for, or you could go take a severance package. And I think they genuinely thought that I would take the- The package. The, no, that I would yeah. probably find something else in the company. Like, oh, he's probably a loyal guy, whatever. And then I think they were kind of surprised that I took the package and ended up, that's how I ended up down where I live now, which is about two and a half hours from Orlando because a friend of mine had a insurance agency and they were going through rocket ship growth and they needed someone to help with like running it and recruiting and training insurance agents. And so how did you make the decision back to that time that, okay, now I'm leaving the career path and I'm going to do something else. And at the time when you've been making the decision, did you already know what is the next thing? No, I knew I wanted to do something. I knew I wanted to, to have some sort of entrepreneurial thing. And so I have a huge amount of respect for my friend who he was running the agency at the time. He wasn't an owner, but he became an owner and they had a really good um, exit a couple of years ago. But at the time it was kind of just an idea, but he did such a good job kind of selling me on the idea. I was going to help them with some things on the side, even before um, my position was eliminated at the hotel. And so then when it became, I was like, I want to go all in on this. So I talked to him and he tried to talk me out of it. Actually, he's like, I think you should take the job, you know, try to find a job within the company. I was like, no, I need, I need, I need a change. And so it was, I think sold it to myself of like, Hey, if I make the leap of faith, I can figure it out. Now, granted it was still a job, and it was still a, uh, but it was not as secure of a job, you know, didn't have all the same fringe benefits and hotel discounts and all that other fun stuff that the other one had. Um, but it was like, I, I need to make the change. And so ended up being really good experience, learned a lot there um, in a company with absolute rocket ship growth. It just, it's hard to even describe um, how, how how rapidly they were growing in a short period of time and then um there was one day i was talking to uh, my bosses there and if you ever th there's a meme that was going around a few years back and it was kind of popular at the time of a guy in front of like i don't know a bugatti or lamborghini or something and he goes you know if you work really hard 
it was like something to the effect of like, I asked my boss, if you work really hard and put in a lot of effort and you think it's going in the direction of you can have one of these two, but he goes, if you work really hard, I can get buy another one. Yeah. Meaning the boss is going to buy another one. Correct. And so yeah. I was like starting to see like, I'm kind of living this here right now. Like I'm happy for them and their success, but I'm like, if I want to do something, I want to do something a little bit more for myself. And so um, I, that day found when I, whatever prompted me to have the epiphany, I don't really remember exactly why, but I found Scott Volker who he's not so much in the Amazon world anymore, but he was kind of like a, he was like the guy at the time. Um, he was uh, talking about like how to sell Amazon and I just liked the way he was presenting things. And so um, I ended up dabbling in retail arbitrage a little bit, which is not the model he was teaching. But then I was like, I wanted to do, once I got my first sale on retail arbitrage, I was hooked. Um, and so I, I decided that, well, it was just something about like, you experience yeah like yeah all this time listening to podcasts thinking like these are like there's this kind of uh, what's the word i'm looking for distance between yourself Correct. and the person you're listening to which yeah. now i've gotten to meet a lot of these people that i've listened to that i like idolized at one point in time on their podcasts but at the time it was like um you know this can't be me. I can't actually do this. This is, you know, other people do this and because they're great or whatever, whatever head trash but I have going on. From there, to my knowledge, you achieved six figure seller selling on Amazon. So, how did you go from one sale being hacked to six figure? So, what happened there? Good question. So, from one sale, once the light switch went on, like, oh, okay, you can, there's someone somewhere else will buy something I, I was selling, which is like, it was a blue freezer pack, like the thing you put in like a cooler. Okay. To, um, keep your, like, I think it's for, keep like a six pack of cans cold in a cooler. Okay. Like one of those like reusable blue freezer packs. Um, that was what I sold. And I think my proceeds. Is it a private like, label or is it wholesaler? No, th this was, I bought it at Walgreens on clearance. Okay. So this yeah. was, this was retail arbitrage. And so I made probably 70 cents on that transaction. I think I lost money in the whole thing. You know, when you factor in like sending stuff to Amazon, but it was enough to make me think like, okay, what I did 2004 was say, okay, how can I learn from this situation and do better in the future? But in this case I decided, okay, I'm going to do better. So um, at the time, you could private label and spend less on your initial investment. And so I used to be a high school football official. So black and white striped shirt, yellow flag, um, Friday night lights type thing. And I decided I was going to spend because this was the summer of 2015 at this point. Um, so that fall, I was going to spend whatever I made officiating football, which is not a huge amount of money, but, you know, it was maybe $1,200 for the semester or the season or whatever. I was going to put that into a product that I bought in Alibaba. I still sell that same product to this day. Um, and um, just kept learning and reinvesting and trying new things along the way. So you've been doing this like small sales, but uh, what you've been leaving off, like what was uh be, what's been paying your bills at the same time if you don't mind the question oh sure sure so some of it is you know just along the way making sure that i um like i didn't just go all in so it wasn't like okay i i work in an insurance agency doing pretty well there uh i liked i got my first sale so let's just go all in on this and quit the agency it was like three years before i left so man. you left in 2018. Yes, fall of 2018, uh, December. It was, in fact, I remember it was my birthday. Was my first day after leaving the job. Oh, nice. Which was descent late December. So how your growth been happening in between your first sale and then uh, soccer uh, niche, and then 2018 when you left the job and. Well, right now you're super free, but we'll get there <laughs> in a little bit. So what was happening in between? Yeah, so it was reinvesting where I could, 
finding more money to put into it. So once I started finding out what worked and what didn't, and you know, there were some flops along the way, but one of my most popular products that I've sold over time um, was an add-on to something else. And so there was one product I was like, because everybody was talking about like, you know, you find something, the common wisdom at the time was like, find something and then like maybe have like a little accessory or something to, to add to it. Well, let's just say the accessory did well. And I think that original product that it was linked to that I, that I thought was going to be the home run. I just sold my last one out of like 300 units that I bought in 2016. I've just sold like maybe within the last few months. So that took a long time to get my money back on that product, but it was the catalyst for, I decided, well, this accessory I've got, why don't I try selling that on its own? And then multiple products out of that because that was successful. Okay. So, and then you started just building more, a bigger portfolio and at 2018, uh, you, when you reached your six figures, 2018 or earlier? Oh, six, six, well, six figures in sales was, uh, it was a little over, let's say the first actual year was six figures, like yeah. calendar year would have been 2017. Yeah. But, 2000, okay. yeah, but somewhere between 2016 and 17, I hit six figures in a 12 month span of time. Uh, made it you like more excited that like, yes, now I want it. This is everything I want to do now. Uh, or it was like, well, I still, I'm still learning. It's kind of my, uh, side hustle and, uh, like, we'll see how it goes and like, whatever. So what, what was this e-commerce and Amazon space for you at the time when you've been already growing and achieving your six figure selling? Yeah. So some of it was, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And I also, if it's a personal to... question, you don't want to answer, you don't no, answer. No, no, no. I'm just trying to think of how to answer that. Um, so I think for me, some of it was, so my, my mom's a teacher or a retired teacher. My wife is a teacher. My sister is a principal at an elementary school. My dad taught art at a community college when I was born, but that wasn't like his uh, general thing. Um, I have other people in education, aunts and uncles. Um, so maybe just, I came from a general background on education. And so I just, I didn't necessarily want to be in the school system teaching, but I was like, maybe I can share some of what I'm learning along the way. So I started a YouTube channel um, and just to share some of what I've learned. Cause I would get like a lot of people who'd be like, Oh, you sell stuff on Amazon. That sounds so awesome. Like, how do I do that? And then like, you know, you'd have these conversations and help people and walk them through everything and spend all this time. And then they do nothing. Kind of like I did in 2004. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's our copy paste story. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, well, maybe I could have something where I just, at least I have it up there. Like, like, Hey, how do you do this? Go watch these videos. And then if they still have more questions and people I know, I'll help them out. But I've had so many people over the years reach out to me and most of them never do anything. They're just curious. But I understand because it, it is a big mental leap. Um, and it's gotten harder over the years too. Like you can't. Uh, yeah, we also have, we also can see it right now. I have a very good acquaintance. Uh, she was telling me she's a realtor, a very successful one. Like you can see a lot of realtors uh, out there. Uh, mm -hmm but none of them are actually succeeding. She is an extremely successful realtor. And she was asking me multiple times about Amazon and how to get in. And she told me, she's like, Bella, when I'm buying the house, I can touch it. It's the house. I can touch it. I can walk in. I can uh, rebuild it. I can change something. I can touch it. I can feel it. This online stuff, I can't touch it. I cannot feel it. I don't understand how all this sales going on. And for a lot of people, yes, you're absolutely correct. The curiosity is there because uh, it's something different from what they actually do. And even mm -hmm. we can see a lot of Amazon sellers, and I, I forgot the statistics. It's something like two or three million Amazon sellers right now in the United States. So it, it's something a lot. It's so changing, yeah. fluctuating back and forth. But 
at the end of the day, it's, it's still the very uh, small percentage uh, when you will look into like uh, how many people actually live in here. So it's less than five plus it's 2%, right? Like if we have like 300 million people here. So it's like, it's about 2% of people are trying to be sellers and less amount is actually like actually succeeding. But we have examples like you who succeed uh, and you succeed, you didn't succeed like within a year. You've been like taking your time, doing other jobs. Uh, and one day you quit the jobs and you started you started doing only uh, Amazon sales. So when, like you mentioned, you've been teaching people also, how they've been coming together, teaching and selling on Amazon. And are you still teaching people or it's over? And uh, from there, I also want to talk a little bit how uh, Converting Click uh, Summit came up. So how, because I believe all this somehow related. Yeah, it, it all ties in together. So you ask very good questions. Um, so basically, let, let's say when I left the job, um, at the time, I thought I really wanted to do like become like the everyone's going to have their own little niche. So I was like, if I'm going to teach people, maybe one thing I want to teach is I, I really want to focus on people that are like in the game, so to speak. Um, you know, so I thought, you know, maybe international because when I would go to like conferences like that, like I would talk about the things I'm doing. That was like the thing people would have a lot more like follow up questions about. So it's like, oh, people really seem to want to learn, like, you know, how do I sell in Canada or how do I sell in the United Kingdom? Because that was one of the things that worked pretty well for me. Um, so I kind of wanted to maybe carve that niche out for myself. Um, one of the challenges with that as a business model, I came to learn is, so if you know, you know who Russell Brunson is from ClickFunnels? ClickFunnels, yeah. Yes. So one of the things he's talked about before is improvement offers versus... Um, transformational offers. The problem with international selling, it was an improvement offer to help people improve, but it's not transformational. So I have come to learn the more you can help people transform their business or transform, or at least they believe if I do this, it will transform things in some way, which, you know, even a 20% increase in sales, if you're selling in Canada, for example, that could be transformational to your business because that could be a huge amount of additional profit rolling down to your bottom line, but it's kind of hard for people sometimes to see it that way. Um, so I was trying to figure out like, what do I do? And then, you know, 2019 going into 2020, um, there was the thing that happened. I don't know what algorithm is going to listen to this, so I won't say it out loud, but we all know there's a bug that was going around the world. Um, we all know. So the world- Yeah, actually started... when, you use, when you use these words, somehow, uh, YouTube was shutting down the video. This video cannot be ranked anymore. And uh, right. I, lear I learned it uh, with uh, another podcast that I was hosting also for, I believe, Cassandra. And uh, I got the notification from YouTube, like, sorry, we cannot promote your video because you are using this bug word. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, whatever. So I'm not, I'm trying my best. So thank you for not using it. Yes, yeah. So I'll, I'll avoid uh, using any uh, triggering words for the yeah. uh, algorithm on whichever platform made me yes. So, yeah. So because of the thing, um, well, let me take a step back. Wait, I forgot to mention in that is one of the things though I did get into is because I have the event background. I had gotten to know Scott Volker who was kind of, let's just say my virtual mentor. I listened to a lot of his podcasts at the time. He was like doing like three times a week and I probably listened to most of them. Um, just ate it up and he's really who I learned a lot from. I learned a lot from a lot of people along the way, but he was one of the most influential for the Amazon space at the time. And I met him at Steve Chu's, Steve Chu from My Wife Quit Her Job. Steve Chu has an event called mm -hmm. Seller Summit, which he usually hosts in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. and which I highly recommend people go to if, uh, if, if they're looking for an event to go to. It's relatively intimate. I'm going to go to it I think May, it, it'll be in November, right? No, it's Something. in May every year. In it's in May. It's in May, right? Yeah. I was looking at the calendar this morning, and I was looking at this uh, summit as well. I'm like, uh, should I go or should I not? And I forgot. I thought it's November. It's May. Okay. Well, there's a lot more choices of events to go to, especially yeah. in person. And yeah, uh, I met Scott 
at um, an event. This is right before I left, well, a few months before I left the job. And I just said, hey, you know, you should, uh, you, at the time, his goal was to become less of like how to get started selling on Amazon. And he wanted to do more for people who are experienced Amazon sellers. And so I was like, hey, you should do a, an event. I used to do events, you know, in the hotel business and, you know, in hotels and, you know, the magical place down the street in Orlando. Um, and he, I thought he was going to just shoot me down and be like, uh, we've thought about it, you know, thank you. I mean, Scott's a nice guy. So I thought like at worst he wouldn't yell at me, but it would just politely turn me down. But then he was like, well, let's talk more. Let's talk more. How do we make this work? So in 2019, we had an event called brand accelerator live in Fort worth. Um, and we were going to do it in Charlotte and right as we were about to promote it in March of 2020, the thing started to become a thing. So that thing we alluded to, everyone knows exactly what we're talking about, but like yeah. prevented in-person events for a while. Um, so basically we, he had a hotel contract for a hotel in Charlotte, but at that time hotels were just letting everyone out of their contracts because they knew we can't hold people to this, you know? So Correct. he got out of the contract. Uh, he did some other things for the people that had purchased. It wasn't many, but there was a few people that had purchased tickets the following year. And then I was thinking I should do just like, I should do like a virtual event. And so in May of 2020, I did an event called PPC Mastery Summit. And I just reached out to a handful of people I knew who were like in the PPC space and like, hey, do you want to do something? And um, I kept doing more and more events with different themes, changing up the format a little bit. And so I've now done 12 virtual events, including the convert more click summit, which you did an excellent presentation for um, advanced strategies to uh, find more products. So you remember every single topic with your speakers. I try to, I try to, I try to, uh, cause sometimes people will reach out and like, Hey, you know, uh, what should I listen to on the, uh, you know, what would help me? And so I'm like, Oh, you might want to check out, especially if they have access to the recordings of the, yeah. um, you know, like, oh, yeah, you might want to check out this. And people will sometimes reach out to me, like, you know, two years after a summit and ask me questions about, like, hey, how do I get what so-and-so talked about or what should I listen to about this? So people, even though the summit is very time-specific, people Correct. still consume the content for a long time. For after. a while, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's happening. I, I see this um, uh, trend, how people uh, making decisions pretty, pretty slow. And people who were not in the business for a while, or they're just uh, trying to motivate themselves, sometimes they're taking like five years, yes. six years. And I have these followers reaching out to me sometimes like, well, I'm watching you for five years, five consecutive years. And I finally decided to do like my whatever business. So can you help us please? And I was thinking, oh my gosh, it took somebody five or six years to make a decision to move forward. But those people exist. And like uh, some people are slower uh, than others. Some are faster, of course. Uh, and yeah, I feel you here. Yeah. So, uh, but for those people that are thinking, you know, should I wait it out or I should do something? So I've come to learn um, just try different things. You learn more when you're in the arena if you're doing something. And so um, then if you're sitting on the sidelines saying, wait it out. And I've in almost all entrepreneurial post corporate experiences, I've had the people I've watched who have been more in the camp of, well, let's try it out and see what happens versus well, let me learn more, learn more, one more learning, 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 but never doing uh, those people generally don't work out as well. And I took too long, I think, in the learning phase, too. And it didn't really get any traction until I started doing. Well, at the end of the day, you're uh, a successful entrepreneur. You're not going anywhere nine to five. You can stay home. Clearly, we can see that. <laughs> and do the amazing, uh, and do the amazing uh, work uh, by uh, 
setting an example to other people. So, and now you ended up with uh, my Amazon guy. How did it happen? Yeah. So great question. So uh, people may I know. Clearly, I'm not disclosing anything. It's well, no, no, no. Clearly... Yeah, it's, it's no secret. I'm wearing a shirt <laughs> that says right "Mag." Yeah. So people, okay. So like, what, what is the red mag shirt? Like, yeah. Um, so it's it stands for my Amazon guy. So I, I'm not the owner of my Amazon guy, but uh, maximizing yes. e-commerce, which is the company that hosts I use to host the events. Um, I got to know Stephen Pope from my Amazon guy who some people uh, listening to this are probably familiar with them. Um, he, when you want to talk about move fast, he is a very fast mover. Like he looks, I think he looks at the world as a chessboard. Um, and I've told him this before that like, sometimes you explain something to someone and you kind of like feel like you have to explain it and you kind of see like the light bulb in their head when you're like, Oh, now I get it. With him, sometimes you explain something and he's already like four steps ahead of you of like, let's do this, 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 this. I mean, he moves at a fast pace, but he's done very well for himself. And you don't have to move as fast as Steven does, but he is an example of you learn more when you do more things and you figure out what works and what doesn't work from doing as opposed to waiting around. And uh, I but, can see based on his content that he is releasing, uh, I don't know, with like what speed, but it's like happening. He's cranking out like uh, what is going on with like one after another video, one after another, newsletters, emails. Oh, uh, yeah, he like, is. It's just like nonstop mm -hmm. going process. Oh, yeah, like he, 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 the, the things he's able to pull off of like, let's launch this. Let's do this now. Like most, some, like some of them are, are like big projects that most people would be like, well, let's spend a year figuring this out. He's like, let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Because we have the only time now, right? Yeah, exactly. He's definitely a very visionary, but he's a, a visionary that has enough traction on the road, so to speak, yeah. that he, he knows how to get stuff done. So he's, so if you're looking for someone to model after, he's the one to follow, but he, um, he was a speaker at many of my events and he was generally one of the ones that referred most or he was oftentimes as his, like, uh, his audience grew, he became one of the ones that was referring the most people to the events. Um, and so at a certain point, I think he had started seeing like, well, clearly the event seemed to go well with his audience and he was seeing the value of, you know, the events and getting people excited you know, during a short period of the time. Uh, and so one day he and I were talking, he's like, you know, how about I just acquire your company? And I'm like, wait, what? I thought if I was ever going to sell any company, I've got the e-commerce company and I had, you know, maximizing e-commerce, we'll call it the education company. I thought I'd be selling the e-commerce company because that's more of what people talk about. But, you know, there's value and what you do, if, if you're providing value, someone's going to find it valuable. So he found it valuable enough that he and I are now business partners for that company, Maximizing E-Commerce. And then he's got me um, working with him as uh, VP of marketing for my Amazon guy. And so um, it's that is technically a job, but let's, it's nothing like anything in the corporate world. It's very entrepreneurially focused. And so. I so like what that. changed from the moment, uh, from the time when you've been owning this uh, summit and you had your personal piece uh, and till the time that you're like where you're at right now? Like, did you do you have any uh, personal changes? How do you feel about it? Because something that's been yours, it's not yours anymore, but you're still working on the same thing uh, that you had. So do you have any uh, feeling of being uh, not not having this in the possession anymore? So some of it is yes, because I, I still am part owner of Maximizing E-Commerce. And for the most part, Stephen is a 
mostly silent partner in that one. Like he still has suggestions oftentimes. And I, I definitely take him very seriously because he has very good suggestions when he does offer something. But for the most part, he leaves me to do that on my own. And even my responsibilities of my Amazon guy, for the most part, he lets me kind of do my own thing. Um, uh, he likes the fact that I had created something and he wants more people that have created things to be in like leadership positions in his company. And so that's how I got that. But it is different now when it's like, um, you know, it, it can be stressful kind of letting go of a baby, so to speak. So I have a beard. I've not always had a beard for people listening that maybe they won't see this. But if you're watching, the I video, was I surprised when I saw you with a beard. I'm like, did you stay home with it or it has a purpose? So originally it had a purpose. So it was January 1st effectively was when we made the transition. And so right after Christmas, I went on vacation with family and you and I both live in Florida. We were in St. Augustine, um, oldest city in America on the East coast. And, um, I started getting these like weird, like bumps on the right side of my face. And so I thought maybe I just had, um, like they were cold sores because it was cold or something. But I was like, something seems kind of weird about this. And so turns out it was shingles. And so the, the crazy part about it is, is like there was, there was, this was not like a contentious like negotiation yeah. at all, but there is still this like, and I've heard people talk about this I and mean, you don't really know it until you've been through an acquisition that, it is more stressful than you realize. It's kind of like if you've ever bought or sold a house, even though things may be on track, it's still stressful because there's like, it's a big transaction. Um, you know, in this case, you know, it wasn't necessarily like huge, huge transaction, but it was enough and enough on the line that I wanted it to happen that it was like, what, what if it doesn't happen? And so like this stress. And so, if you've ever had chicken pox, which I I'm, I did, yeah, and I did too, because we're pre, there was no vaccine for chicken pox Correct. growing up. And what happens is, you don't always know this, but like chicken pox is just phase one of that. And phase two is shingles, which shows up decades later, oftentimes could be stress related. And so just the stress, I think, caused me to have chicken pox, sorry, not chicken pox, shingles, shingles on my face, which it usually shows up in like one part of your body on just one side of your body. And it just happened to show up on my face. And so, um, in fact, I've got a little bit of a, kind of see a scar right there. Um, and so I, uh, this I, is how I stressful was the out. transaction. Yeah, stress from the transaction. And it's like, and again, it was a very amicable. Stephen gave me pretty much anything I wanted. Very good work. I totally trust him. I've known him for a couple of years, so I have complete faith and everything was going to work out. But it was just still like, like I remember, you know, hearing stories of people on podcasts and they talk about like being depressed after they sell their company or, you know, just being so stressed out. And I'm like, why you're getting. You know, isn't that what you wanted? You know, then you don't, when, it's one of those things you don't know what it's like until you've been through it. Yeah. You know, when I was selling my companies, um, I never had a question from anybody that I was sharing my stories. Uh, did you watch, uh, did you look after your companies after you sold it? But I did. And uh, after every single one. And when I was finding out that those companies uh, with some of the uh, buyers, they were not succeeding after I left, mm. that what put me in like huge stress. Um, for one of the businesses I sold, I think I stopped seeing dreams how this company fell apart. Uh, I think eight or 10 months later, I stopped seeing the dreams, I think maybe three years ago, because it was such a broken heart. Because oh, wow. again, it, it's your baby. Right. And you, you've been growing this baby to like, in my, in my case, I was growing those babies to sell, but my main goal was that those baby will still live. 
So somebody right. will keep growing them and using them and yada, yada, yada. And when these babies are dying, <laughs> because like the owner or the mom is not there because people who are buying the businesses and it's very common when someone is acquiring your business, this business is dying just because this new owners, like whatever, it's like a lot of different situations. They're not just running it well after. Yeah. And those something that I can relate to your stress when I was not able to sleep well. That was super heartbroken and heartbreaking. I could imagine. I could imagine. I mean, at least now I'm still kind of, still for the most part, I'm controlling the day-to-day of yeah. that business. But I could imagine letting go of it and still like watching yeah. it and being like, yeah. oh, you should do this. You should do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you know, new owner, new control. Especially so if you're no longer the owner. Correct. Uh, what's next, Kevin? So entertaining business, uh, Amazon business, selling on Amazon, uh, click uh, Convert Click Summit, uh, now my Amazon guy. What's next? Well, next one, um, I have a summit coming up called PPC Mastery Summit, which is my first one I did, which is always the most popular format of the ones because I think everyone's trying to learn about PPC and bring together experts that are PPC focused. Um, that's always a topic people really enjoy. So that one's coming up May 16th through the 18th. Um, still planning on doing three, four summits a year. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see where life takes me. Um, I, I, I'm on, on this ride and, uh, you know, I would have trouble going back to a nine to five in an office dealing with corporate politics job. If you would pick one thing to do today, what would that be? Just one for life. One thing I've really come to enjoy that I do a lot at my Amazon guy and that I did, you know, still do with maximizing e-commerce is I really am enjoying email marketing, which sounds crazy to talk about, but it's just, I, you know, we, we all think about things, but I, I, I tend to find myself thinking a lot about messaging. Like how, how do you, how do you present thing in a certain way? And like, it's just like how, how people perceive something. And like, like, I, I just, I think about it all the time. And then like, like I'm the, like, I'm always like trying to pers- like pick up on like, how are people going to interpret this? And sometimes I'm hit it on the mark and other times I'm way off. Um, but always thinking about it. And like, for example, like uh, this is unrelated, but related. I'm the, uh, the den leader for my son's Cub Scout den for, which is basically the second grade den. And so then we're part of a pack and pack is basically elementary age kids. And so for the age level, group i'm the parent leader for and uh we have a whatsapp group and somebody had asked a question about chairs and another leader had stepped in and said oh they'll have it there and i wrote him back because i was like are you talking about when we're going to the sheriff's office is where we had a meeting last night so the kids got to go to the sheriff's office and see what police do um or are you talking about pinewood derby which is like the cars wooden model car race basically. Um, and he's like, Oh, I was talking about Pinewood Derby. I was like, I think the other guy is talking about uh, tonight's meeting. And so it's just little things like that when you're like, yeah. How you're trying speaking, to pick on how people, how people perceive the information. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it's super, I love this. Uh, and we, we can talk about this perceiving information a lot because one of the, um, one of the messages leaders are usually sending, they have to come up with uh, uh, how you start in the conversation, how people are going to see it, how people are going to perceive it, how they will yep. be able to respond it, and what will be your <laughs> turn around with this message. Because uh, depending on how you will phrase it, this is how you are going. How you, this is how uh, you, you are going to be. You will be able to see the results. Of it. So uh, summarizing, 
if you will be able to do only one thing in your life to the end of your life, that will be male marketing. So, and that's it. Um, I mean, I think the, the vehicle might change over time, but just that same like skill set of, you know, even, even with AI, I think there's always going to be a need for someone to come up with a strategy Yeah, well, on what to do with, whether it be copywriting or email marketing or marketing in general, positioning, messaging. Correct. Like, Correct. I think it will always be, if you're, if you're not doing it com- in a commodity way, there will always be a, a need for it. So knowing Kevin today, not the future Kevin, Kevin today would do this. Would do so, something where messaging to get people to take action in a marketing sense, which today, let's say, my favorite channel would be email. I love it. So this is how, guys, you can go from working now at 9 to 5 for one of the biggest companies in the world, ending up by taking a package and starting your own business, working from home and enjoying it, and then being acquired by one of the biggest uh, agencies in Amazon space, keep working and staying in this business, also enjoying as a partner and having a passion about the messaging to people that will be able to take action. And Kevin, you're amazing. I love your story. You're very mm-hmm. humble and you're super nice. Not like nice you've been with me in the first email. <laughs> like I, 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 I hope I didn't offend you. It's just, I, I get a lot of no. emails. People are like, oh, I, I want to come on. It's totally fine. Uh, I love the challenges and I love that the... the uh, end of this challenge is actually the beginning of the relationship and part- the partnership that we have right now. Um, grateful to have you, and uh, I hope I will be able to see you soon. And uh, we're inviting all audience to the summit. The summit is amazing. I was speaking there, and uh, every single presentation you guys will be able to see in the future and when you'll be buying recordings. Worth it because it's the cost of it is less than Starbucks coffee. So seriously, it's it, it's really amazing. So just follow uh, the link below this video or um, under the re- under the voice recording of the podcast, and I hope you will be joining the same um, space where uh, Kevin is right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.